Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 32 this week, and it has finally happened, everybody. The Canucks are at it again. I might as well just become a full-on dedicated Vancouver Canucks podcast at this point because they are just leading the charge again this week with all the news. So again, we'll be talking about the Vancouver Canucks, Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary Flames. We got a lot of injury news to get to this week and some milestones. And yeah, we'll do that. Possibly be doing some report carding this this episode. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how fast I can get through all this stuff, and we'll see how much time we have left. And we'll see if I'll, I can throw in some report cartage. Okay, so let's. Um, oh my goodness, let's just start out yet again with the Vancouver Canucks. So finally, this week, uh, if you didn't check out last week's episode, I was basically pleading for the Vancouver Canucks organization to please let Bruce go, please stop the suffering, and just have. Some some sort of shred of respect and or dignity uh, towards this man that I, again, have no un- no idea why he has been treated this badly. But yes, it, the, the, the shoe has finally dropped. The ball has fallen. The, the nut is, is out of the bag. I don't know what, okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, Bruce Boudreaux has finally been fired by the Vancouver Canucks. He will no longer be coaching and... Um, I mean, for the sake of that man's sanity and mental health, thank God that it is finally over. But I just need to say, I mean, the outpouring from the fans over over those last couple games there, the, the crowd going nuts for Bruce, cheering for him, Bruce, there it is, chants and all that stuff. Excellent. Just excellent. I mean, I know the Vancouver Canucks fans and all that stuff, they've had a... Uh, they've they've done some things that have not been so good, and they may not be one of the most favored fan bases out there. They're a very very passionate fan base, and I think rightfully so. They have a lot to be angry about, but I mean, I gotta shout them out big, big time for doing that for Bruce, man. I mean, that is just full on tip of the hat. The hat is off. The hat is 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 thrown. It's on the ice. You can have it. I won't I won't come back for it. You can keep it. But uh, seriously, the outpouring from the fans was beautiful. Actually, just beautiful. Uh, they were so... I just love that everyone rallied behind Bruce. Everyone was, like, collectively, like, what the hell is going on? Why are they treating this man so badly? Like, yes, we are We are having a very disappointing season. But, I mean, they're... they're uh, like, every podcast that I, I listen to, all the hockey ones, everyone kind of had the same opinion. Like, we've never seen... Uh, a coach get treated this badly before, at least in my memory. I can never recall that. There's, there. I mean, there's a long history in the NHL, and I mean, the Leafs in the 70s. I mean, am I right? I mean, there's a lot of bad shit that went on with the Leafs in the 70s and the 80s. But damn, dude, the the rally behind Bruce. They're chanting for him. Bruce getting emotional on the bench. I mean. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I love that. That is awesome. I, I was asking. I was hoping for that last week. I wasn't like a hundred percent sure if like everyone was rallying behind Bruce, but that's exactly what happened. And I am so amped that that happened, man. Like, so good. Um, I hope that Bruce can, um, like everyone, I, like myself included. I want him to come to Toronto and just. Just be like at this moment, like if Toronto brought in Bruce Boudreaux right now, can you imagine like? Oh, that would be like such a power move right there, like such a popularity 
just great PR. I mean, you're bringing this guy that's just, and then we put him on a pedestal. We'll we'll make a statue for him. We'll give him any chip that he wants whenever he wants it. You can have as many chips as you want here in Toronto, Bruce. You can go just walk around the concourse, just being awesome. Just stand there with your arms wide open, just me, and just embrace it, dude. Just take it all in for the first like week or two if you show up in Toronto. Like the amount of love. At this time, with the treatment that that has happened to him in Vancouver and how well-known I feel like that is throughout the hockey world, I mean, if he showed up in Toronto, he's a Toronto guy, he used to play for the Leafs, not like a lot, but he played for the Leafs a long time ago in the 70s, he cheers for the team, He's we've always kind of wanted, to, like, I wanted him to be the coach there for a little bit, that, was, that would have been awesome, but bring this guy in, man, that would be so much fun, I don't care what he does, I would love to have him on the bench as an assistant coach doing something like that, a morale guy in the back maybe, remember... Uh, what the the old coach for Ottawa the with a really really nice mustache I forget McLean maybe was his name but maybe have him in that role where like he would just be like up in the press boxes kind of watching the team from above and he can get that bird's eye view and um, yeah and he obviously I'll shout out the famous line that he had in the Amazon Prime documentary where he's like oh they got they got demons in their closets there's demons under their bed I mean a beautiful quote I mean that was that was really awesome I don't think he did the thing he wasn't he wasn't doing that kind of stuff I don't believe I know I I have I haven't watched it in a while I can go back and check it out and see if he did that stuff but I have a strong feeling that he did not do that as I do presidential thumb again maybe I should start filming these things anyway uh fantastic job by the Canucks thankfully it's over yes I want him to be (laughs) just just come come home Bruce just be a be a leaf we'll throw we'll throw a jersey on you go hang out with Carlton the bear and just hang out with the fans and and just we'll just bring that 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 morale and everything back up for Bruce because man he has just had a really really depressing month man it has been not a good time for him so now that that's over Rick Tockett is brought in as the coach and um yeah I mean I I, in a way I feel bad for Rick Tockett because he's going to take a lot of heat for just accepting the job I mean dude he's you're not going to turn down a job like that he's very obviously like I don't know of Rick Tockett very very well but when I do see him on TNT excuse me he's um he's basically a, like he's he's a longtime assistant coach he's coached in the NHL before uh not a lot of success as a head coach you know he was the the coach of Tampa when they were going through some really rough times he was the head coach of Arizona I believe they actually did okay there and that's when they made it to the playoffs had a decent run there and then his big uh, kind of claim to fame when it comes to coaching was being the assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins when they won their back-to-back cups. And famously, they would call uh, they called Rick Tockett the Phil Kessel whisperer because they he, apparently he was able to just connect with Phil Kessel and able to get more out of Phil Kessel than most or I think any coach maybe was able to. I don't know. Uh, Phil Kessel. Like, yeah, he had his best regular seasons. He won his cups and he had an amazing uh, run there. So, yeah, maybe Talkit has um, 
has something going on there, but that's an assistant coach. And I mean, the word around this, like everyone's talking about the difference between the assistant coach and being a coach. And yes, there is, there is a massive difference. I mean, the coach is basically it's good cop, bad cop. You got your assistant coach who's kind of like, oh man, it's okay. Like, you know, just, you know, he, he's a little mad right now, the coach, but it's all right, man. Like he'll, he'll cool off. It's all right. We'll work on that and practice tomorrow. It's all going to be okay. And then the coach is just, what the fuck are you doing? You fucking scumbag. I'm just saying, you to the ESHL, you're gonna eat soggy subs. But, but yeah, I mean, he's done that too. But yeah, his most success was being an assistant coach. So I don't know if he's not gonna be able to do what he was doing as an assistant coach as a head coach obviously but he's coached before so all we can really do is like I, I I will not judge him I will not judge him on this season this season is a wash there's really nothing he can do uh with this it's um it's a really tough call man like a lot of people are like oh just you know you could have just put in Mike Yo as the interim coach he's been an NHL head coach before a very bad one but again with the Bedard sweepstakes that could really help out the Canucks but that was an option but I think bringing in Tockett now is it's not stupid right it's definitely not ideal the way that they went through it and everything but I understand why like you want to get you want to try and get Tockett comfortable if you have like the, the season's already a wash so you might as well try to get him in there and see what he can try and get familiar with some of the players uh, establish some relationships and figure out who's in who's out who maybe they can who they might want to keep who they want to move on from it'll get a get a a gauge on the attitude in the locker room and all that great stuff and then he can report to his best buddy Mr. Mr. Rutherford and Rutherford's all about him because they worked together in Pittsburgh and had all that amazing success and as per usual with the NHL they just love to recycle things we've seen this so many times now right with especially like Edmonton Oilers uh teams back in the day the old Gretzky days when that team got split up I mean the Rangers they just brought back everybody except Gretzky over there in 94 and they won a cup and uh, they a lot of teams tried to recreate that man they're like all right let's just bring in a whole bunch of guys that won cups and then will win cups and eh, it doesn't always work out that way I mean Messier going to Vancouver that didn't go uh, over very well um I digress but Rick Tockett as the as the Vancouver Canucks coach um I it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tough it's gonna be really hard on him and I do not I do not envy that job I mean yeah he's making a nice chunk of change just under three sheets I mean you can't really complain about that so yeah man it's gonna be a really rough road a really tough position to be put into as a coach I mean really really not setting him up for success the fans are already going to be against him because he's taking over for now what is going to be an icon in Vancouver and Bruce Boudreaux so yeah he's he's already in it for uh he's in for a tough ride here you're in a you're in a Canadian market one of the most vicious ones out there in Vancouver so uh yeah I I like I said I do not envy that job right now I wouldn't want it there's probably not a lot of guys that would want it but Jesus, man, we'll see what the Canucks are going to come up with next, and uh, what kind of crazy baloney they're going to they're going to say. Maybe they're just going to start kicking Bruce while he's down. It's like, oh, he's fired, and then then they'll come out with another press conference. Like, yeah, well, we never liked him anyway, and the fans shouldn't like him, and the fans smell like butt because they they are they're being mean to us, and and we were being mean to Bruce, and we were justified. But thankfully, overall, it's. It's over. It's over. We can we can now move on and we can just kind of continue 
the way that we were just disliking the Vancouver Canucks organization, mostly the management. I mean, there's a lot of players there that I like. And um, honestly, I really, really, really liked Vancouver back in the the West Coast um, Express. Is that was that the line with Bertuzzi and like Morrison and and the young Sedins, you got Olin, uh, fucking Cloutier. Like, oh man, I was a huge fan of those Canucks for really no reason other than I think it was because. Uh, Dan Cloutier had a different mask, and I thought that was cool, and I really, really like their jerseys, man. I honestly, like, I know it's not um, not really liked around in the Vancouver Canucks organization, but I love the, the, the Orca, the Orca logo. I fucking love it. Yes, I know it's kind of a symbol of, of nasty organizations and big business and stuff like that, because... Uh, company bought Vancouver, and then they're 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 about whaling or something. And whaling is just oh, I won't get into that. How horrible that is, but I love the logo. It looks so cool. Looks like they're going to be moving off of that, or they already have basically, and they're going to go back to the skate or something. I don't know. Personally, I think the Canuck the 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 Orca logo is their coolest one. I like all their other ones. I really really am a big fan of the Johnny Canuck. Uh, skate man I think that's dope I would love for them to go ahead with that one I think it looks fantastic especially that reverse retro it's gorgeous but yeah man this is kind of just the beginning with the Vancouver Canucks and again we've discussed uh their potential trade moves and again that 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 is heating up more so uh more it's almost I don't know a lot of people are pretty much guaranteeing that Bo Horvat is getting traded and I really hope he does if they can get like just tear it down to the to the to what you can this season try keep Pedersen like I said keep if you can't keep if there unless there's something so tempting that you cannot resist try try your best to keep Quinn Hughes I don't know necessarily if Quinn Hughes is what you would want um he's extremely good don't get me wrong he's I just don't know if he's like that stalwart defenseman yes he plays a lot of minutes but um, he's not like a Victor Hedman, you know. He's not a guy that is out there and you're like, okay, nothing's going to go wrong. More than likely not going to get scored on here. We're more than likely going to be in the offensive zone. And there's really nothing to worry about when Victor Hedman's out there. And I can't I can't 100% say that about Quinn Hughes, but, oh, his offensive talent is so disgusting. Oh, my goodness. I, would, I personally, if I was if I was a Canucks fan, I would, I'd love I'd, – I'd keep that guy because he's just so freaking good. And Pedersen, I think they're young enough that you should – should maybe I don't know I can't guarantee it but you should be able to get out of a rebuild with those guys still being valuable pieces because they're kind of just coming into their own right now especially Pedersen it really looks like he's on a different level this year Quinn Hughes has kind of consistently just been Quinn Hughes for a while now just very 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 good and again the Demko thing people are talking about that and I'm shocked to hear some people thinking that they should trade him I think that's beyond dumb to trade him right now his value will never be any lower and yeah I don't know how much interest there truly would be for a Thatcher Demko and if there is they're not going to pay a lot for him I mean like I said he played absolutely terrible this year but you can't just forget that what he did last year in the playoffs and his season last year like there's still something there and uh, we could just chalk this one up to a mulligan, well, hopefully. And if it happens again this year, next year, then okay. Then you can fucking launch Demko into the, the crust of the earth if, if you want to. I don't care. But, yeah, hopefully soon here we start seeing some trades. Um, Vancouver can do a lot, man. There's a lot they can do. They're still pretty low down there in the standings. So I, if I were them, like a lot of other teams are starting to decide at this point in the season, Throw your hat in for that fail hard for Bedard, man, because 
even if you're you just want to be in that bottom three i know the, that bottom three teams like anaheim arizona chicago they got it pretty locked down down there columbus they're in there so um yeah you really really want to get into that top three because it looks like you got three possibly four like you got bedard that generational ridiculous talent but then there's like three two or three other talents that are arguably like franchise players themselves and mishkov this um oh what is it Ooh, Erickson, uh, Carlson. There's a Carlson guy that's been launching up. I've been hearing a lot about this Carlson guy. And then Fantilli. So, and then there, there's so much, man. Like, I uh, just can't wait for, like, Bob McKenzie's summer draft rankings or whatever. That I mean, Has that happened yet? I don't know. But, um, yeah, dude, it's uh, it, there's a, this is a big turning point right here for the Canucks. And, and they seriously just got to bunker down and fucking pick a direction, get an identity. I I struggle to understand how teams don't have an identity. Like, how is that even a possibility? Like, why don't you know, like, have a game plan? Like, I want to be a defensive team. I want to be an offensive team. Like, look at your squad and be like, okay, this is what we're strong at. This is what we're weak at. Let's try and do this until we can uh, balance out the rest of it, which kind of feel like that's what the Leafs have done over the last, like, five years. They were pretty strong offensively, very strong offensive team, and terrible defensively. And over the years, they have been kind of figuring that out. And they're not a leader. They're not the greatest defensive team, but I don't think anyone can deny that they have immensely improved over the last like five years man like since the since 2016 to now it's it's insane how how much better it's gotten it's still not perfect absolutely not there's still work to be done of course but i won't deny that it's gotten substantially better and this is the best defense i've seen from this team in my lifetime watching them so yeah Okay, I think we can uh, be done here with the Canucks for now. Uh, very excited. Everyone's got eyes on Canucks right now. Very much so got eyes on Canucks. Can't wait to see what they're going to do. I don't know who's getting Bo Horvat. I hope it's not the Bruins, but I just want Bo Horvat to get out of there, man. It would just be a... It's just going to be a bad decision to keep him. It's going to be just as bad a decision as it was to keep JT Miller. They're not the same player. I understand that. But one of them, if not both of them, need to go... I don't know if you could trade Miller at this point. I would just, at this point, just get rid of him to get rid of him. Like, if I don't care what the return's going to be, I think at this point, Canucks fans might just be happy to get rid of him. But I don't know, man. It's an absolute disaster over there in Vancouver, but I am watching intently. <laughs> Speaking of watching intently, the, the Montreal fans were watching intently this week, uh, not only with uh, the, the games this week, but with the news of Cole Caulfield needing shoulder surgery and um yeah man he's done for the season and that is absolutely devastating absolutely devastating now I understand that the Montreal season has kind of fallen apart but I mean Cole Caulfield is one of the most electric players in the league I would say arguably in the league he's definitely the most electric player on that squad he's very very fun to watch and him and Nick Suzuki are going to have a really good time together for the for a very very long time but not for the rest of the season sadly so Caulfield's going down just kind of like the Habs are this season they're just falling down the standings which is fine I mean that's that's good you want to be in that in that running for a good draft pick and you're you're going to get a good player regardless if you're in that top 10 you should be you should be just fine with uh, what you get now you're not going to get a Bedard maybe but you know there, there should be some good stuff out there at least that is what all the, the 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 big people are saying. The analysts and the fucking the fuck panelists. You know what I'm saying?
Yeah, so that that really is a shame for for the Montreal fans because that that you know Caulfield adds a lot to the viewing pleasure for for them, and I guess while we're on the topic of Cole Caulfield, there has been contract talks with this guy, and I guess now that the season's over, they can maybe focus on that a little bit more. Uh, most recently, I heard the the seven by seven, that's allegedly what is being being offered out there and if that's what Cole Caulfield gets that is going to be an incredible deal absolutely incredible deal and um, yeah dude that is something that you can really build around having someone uh, a 40 goal scorer as long as he's healthy and maybe once they build up the team a little bit you got I would say almost a money in the bank 40 goal scorer this kid is incredibly talented put a little bit of a more stronger team around him and yeah I think the consistency will start to be there and now we just got to worry about that shoulder health keep an eye on that for the future but if Cole Caulfield signs for seven years for seven million dollars per I, that's a bar that's beyond a bargain that's going to be probably one of the better contracts in the league in the long run I would say and and he, they got a lot of comparables so uh they obviously uh Boldy just signed his seven by seven last year I I would say arguably Cole Caulfield is I mean, goals are so darn valuable, man. And Cole Caulfield looks like to be a very pure goal scorer. I don't know a whole lot about his game. Like, I can't sit there and say that I'm I'm watching him week to week. But whenever I do see Habs, like that's the guy that that pops out to me is Caulfield. When I, and Josh Anderson, because the only time I really watch Habs games are when when uh, they're playing the Leafs, and Josh Anderson becomes fucking Mario Lemieux out there whenever he plays the Leafs. But. Uh, Seven by seven for Caulfield would be uh, incredible, and then there's the argument of, you know, well, your captain there, he's getting paid. I think was it seven and a half, seven seven five, or something like that. Uh, another really really good signing in Suzuki. And do you want a player getting paid more than your captain so they can kind of run with that? So we'll see. It's it's going to be again very interesting to see what's going to happen next with the Habs. So far so good, I would say for them. There's some, uh, I like I know this season didn't go well, but there's a lot to be happy. about about I would say at least with the progression of Suzuki and Caulfield and yeah I know Suzuki has kind of fallen off of a mountain or uh, in this in this kind of second half of the season the last little while his points have just kind of dried up but you would have to imagine that and I can't really see that getting a whole lot better because now that Caulfield's not there teams are going to focus in on Suzuki and by the looks of it they already have been so it's basically known now that if you can cut off uh, Suzuki, Suzuki can't get that pass to Caulfield, and then Montreal's pretty much done. They don't really have any other options. Josh Anderson doesn't really show up most of the time, and um, yeah, who the hell else is even on that team? I don't even know anymore, but yeah, dude, bad news for Cole Caulfield. Sadly, he's out for the rest of the season, and that super-duper sucks. Spe- speaking of super-duper sucks, we got a lot of super-duper sucky injuries this 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 week man and oh, man take your pick josh norris out for the rest of the season with the shoulder injury he just came back man he just came back that's so fucking shit so i talked about this last week that he was to be returning he did he played a couple of games and now he's done again so I don't know the uh, the, str- the, the like down to the bone details right here, but that was my concern last week. Was like, okay, don't rush this guy back. Like, there's really no point in trying to battle the second half of the season. There's really, really no chance that they're going to make the playoffs unless something absolutely devastating happens. Like, it's I just don't think it would be worth it to risk the health. And now you got this, so he's done for the season. Uh, 
And, uh, yeah, dude, doesn't look good, man. Doesn't look good. Don't like that. And you don't want to see someone re-injuring something like that and uh, so fast. And, yeah, so that just leads me to believe that he wasn't ready. They rushed it. And that's not fucking good, man. Really not good. So get healthy, Josh Norris, because... um, just get get 100%. Don't fuck around. They they're going to like it kind of it was shown this year how important he was to the team. Well, arguably, we don't 100% know, but they got off to a really bad start and he wasn't a part of that. So that that a lot of people lead are are to believe that Norris being out of the lineup led to them kind of missing the playoffs this year. So if he can come back healthy next year, maybe they make another move. Rookies get a, another year of experience under their belt. Sadly, Claude Giroux gets another year older, but He's uh, he still he still hasn't fallen off just yet, but you know that day it's, it it draws ever closer. So uh, yeah, they're going to be really uh, needing to get Norris back on track for next season and just kind of regroup, get your draft pick, get everything ready, check out fucking free agency, see if there's anything really good out there, try and shore up that defense if you can for next season because clearly it wasn't good enough this year. So you're gonna you're gonna want to get some uh, some better defense out there for Ottawa next year and a healthy Josh Norris next year. Debrincat looks like um yeah he's coming around looking really good. So uh fingers crossed for Josh Norris and the Ottawa Senators. I guess it feels really weird for me kind of rooting for the Sens, but again I digress. I'm only rooting for the Sens to get good so that the Leafs can beat them and then I can I can cheer. I can hate the Sens again because it's not fun hating on a team that that's not doing well. Like only if it's the Bruins, but when it's the Senators it's like no, I like it better when we're both good and but the Leafs are better and they always beat you in the playoffs. And as long as that continues, I'm happy. So get better Josh Norris and speaking of get better, patch already. Are you freaking kidding me, bro? Are you kidding me right now? Patch already. So last week again, I got excited. Patch already's returning. All oh, cool. That's going to be awesome, isn't it? Nope. F- fucking scratch that shit. Pretend that didn't even happen. He ripped, he fucking re injures his Achilles again. And again, he only played a couple, a few freaking games and he's out again. And according to people, the way that it looked, it does not look good, man. The way that he went off the ice. So. Yeah, that sucks. The only thing that's good about this is that, you know, easy come, easy go, I guess, for Carolina Hurricanes fans. You got Pacioretty for basically nothing, and he did nothing. So I guess it's not that bad of a loss. I mean, it's extremely disappointing. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. understand that very well. But, um... Yeah, dude, that that just sucks. I don't know what this means for the future of Pacioretty's career. He's he's up there, but like he still got he still can provide. But I don't know with all this injury history, man. And Achilles injuries are really really bad. And the way that this kind of re-injured itself so quickly, I mean, it's uh, I don't know, man. It doesn't look good. Does not look good. And that's a shame, man, because the the Hurricanes would have really liked that that punch in the ass for, uh, to add a patcher ready into your lineup for the second half of the season and then have that guy going in strong uh into the playoffs that would have been they would have loved that so um, it's possible that the that the hurricanes explore to find another player that could do something like that like maybe they go after a kuzmenko in Vancouver, that would be, oh, can you imagine that? That would be really tasty. They could go for potentially a Bo Horvat, right? If you're able, if they were able to get a Pacioretty into their lineup, that means they got some money. 
And I would imagine they have some assets, some picks to give away. So I got my eyes on the Carolina Hurricanes for this trade deadline. I imagine they're feeling uh, organizationally and management-wise, they're feeling very upset that they're not going to be able to use Pacioretty because I feel like they were like, that's going to be really awesome. And no, it, it very wasn't awesome. That sucks. So again, get better, Pacioretty. And uh I, again, that's that's a team I'm going to be having my eye on for for a trade pickup because uh, I think they're going to want that. They're going to want another big uh, piece uh, scoring wise. Maybe they look at a Tarasenko, just someone that another like. There's no, I don't think there's any superstars out there that are available. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, not not that I can think of. There's no superstar potential guys out there, so you're going to have to look for the next best thing, and that's like a, a good top six semi elite forward, and you got that like in that Pacioretty range, like, oh, they're, they're, they're good, but they're not like, eh, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, Tarasenko, maybe he's been on IR for a very, very long time. So he's out there that, that could be a maybe we'll see, man. That's uh, all, all I know is that that's fucking terrible news. And I, and I did not, I was like, are you kidding me, man? I feel very bad for Pacioretty that that's just a shame. All right. That's oh thank God we can move on and we can get to some of the good news. All right, so we got a return. We got a return from injury. So Evander Kane is back in the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so far, he, uh, he hasn't really done anything point wise since his return, but they've been winning games. Oilers are kind of turning it around, kind of becoming really really good, looking like they may replicate what they did last season. Last season back half they were unbelievable. Looks like they might be able to do that again. It's not something you really want to, you know, uh, put all your chips into expecting a really strong back half. But uh, with with McDavid on the team, I mean, maybe you can uh, bet on that a little bit easier. And now that Evander Kane's back in the lineup, that's a huge boost. That's uh, uh, we didn't get to see a lot of Evander Kane. Uh, at the at the beginning of the season, he went down fairly early, but he was a point of game player for them. Looks very effective, and that's going to be uh, very important for the for the Oilers to have another threat out there on the ice while all the major threats are out there. It just it's just a nightmare to deal with. I can only imagine. I don't feel. I don't. I don't feel any envy for the team that draws the Oilers in, the, in round one or any round in the playoffs because oh, just dealing with McDavid game after game. Oh my God, that that's just got to be a disaster. And that's just like game plan number one. Game plan number one is stop McDavid, and then then you got Drysaddle, then you got Evander Kane, then you got Hyman, then you got Nugent Hopkins. Oh boy, yeah, the Oilers are are a handful, and, and it's insane that they're still such an incredibly flawed roster, but they're still so very, very dangerous with McDavid and all them. And now they got Evander Kane back, so that is awesome. So very good for the Oilers, and uh, we'll see how they do in the back half. Looking good for them so far, looking real good. Speaking of looking real good, Stamkos finally, finally hits that 500 gold mark. Let's go, baby. There you go, Steven Stamkos. What a... God damn, what a player, what a player. I really, really like Steven Stamkos. He's awesome. I'm sorry that I traded you this year, Steven Stamkos, in fantasy, but it had to be done. Um, really good for him. And uh, he does it in an, in fucking awesome fashion. He got a hat trick that game, scored three goals. So he's well on his way to 600. And um, 
yeah, dude, I'd say first ballot Hall of Famer. What a fucking awesome career. Like, so many good stories. The one goal scored in the in the Stanley Cup final and his one shift. I mean, ah, uh, just... And in and the injury history, I mean, the guy had a very up-and-down career with the blood clock, the, the the broken leg, missing the missing the Olympics. I mean, man, this guy has had a, an up-and-down career. Like, And it was looking like it was really going to just go down as a little bit disappointing, like, with all those... And uh, kind of looked like his career may have ended at a time there. He almost left and, and became a Toronto Maple Leaf, but decided in the end to stay. And damn, dude, like, oh, I can only imagine how cherished Steven Stamkos is in, in Tampa Bay. That that guy is just awesome. And he hits his 500th goal. So that is that is some elite company right there. Not a lot of players out there that have hit 500 goals. And Stamkos easily, without the injuries, I'd say he'd be closer to 600 right now without uh, all that terrible injury problems. And, um, yeah, so this is to uh, hopefully 100 more goals. I would really like to see Stamkos hit 600 uh, he's, he is getting up there in age, but man, right now he is aging like a fine wine. Like last season was his career, career year for him. Point wise, he finally broke the 100 points, arguably one of the quietest, just under the radar 100 point seasons I've ever seen. I was just like, what? Steven Stamkos got a hundred points at his age with all that injury history. That's incredible. And he's doing very, very good this year as well. Having another fantastic all-star season. So there it is for Steven Stamkos. You just keep going, buddy. You do you. Uh, but don't. But can you take it easy on the Leafs this year maybe in the round one? Because it looks like we're we're going to be meeting you guys again in round one. And I don't know. I feel a little bit better this year about it than I did last year. And we'll finish it off with the good news with Ryan Miller having his number 30 retired by the Buffalo Sabres. That's, uh, that's cool, man. I mean, I've... Uh, Ryan Miller used to haunt my nightmares. Oh my God, he used to haunt me so bad. I mean, I'll always remember his performance uh, playing for Team USA in the 2010, yeah, 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. Man, that guy was unfucking believable. He was so freaking good, man. He was so good, and I remember just screaming all the time, like, "You got to raise the puck against Miller, man!" Like that guy was unbeatable. Like bottom half of that net, you are not beating him. You had to beat him, like bar down, perfect shot. Like, goddamn, dude, Ryan Miller was so fucking good. Had so many good years with the Buffalo Sabers. Like, man, Buffalo had some really good goalies come through there at the, during that era. The Hasek, and then you kind of go right into the Miller era. And I mean, it's Miller time, and he was, man, he 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 was a he was a character, man. I'm always I'll always remember when he came back from injury and Lucic ran him, and it was a big old situation. And I remember, like, I remember vividly like how much worse that situation could have be could have been because when when Lucic ran him Miller goes down and he like swings his goalie stick at, at Lucic and he misses him by like an inch and like if you hit Lucic with that stick like not only would you like your career probably be done in rings like you're getting suspended you're getting fined all that all that noise but not only that you would have then angered a like prime Lucic. This is a Boston Bruin Lucic. This is the don't don't do anything to that man Lucic. And if you hit him with that stick, that stick would have done zero damage to him, and he would have jumped you. And Miller isn't a big man. Lucic is a very big man, and 
that would have been ugly, man. That would have been very, very ugly. It didn't happen, but I remember that happening. That was that was weird. He played for where the fuck did he go after Buffalo? Did wasn't he a Vancouver Canuck there for a while? That's weird. I don't like that at all. But uh, very, very good career for Ryan Miller, man. He was uh, what arguably one of, if not the best, uh, United States born goaltender out there. I mean, there's a few. You got. Oh, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna try try to name fucking U.S. goaltenders. I'm like Richter. Uh, Mike Richter was was a was American. Uh, Jonathan Quick. There you go. Uh, we're rolling now, everybody. There was a guy named Van Viesbrook. Van Viesbrook was he American? I don't know. Okay, we'll stop doing that. Stop doing that right now. All right, so that's enough of the news. Let's go over to the Calgary Flames. They had a bit of an interesting week, kind of a good, well, this week was good, but, uh, the, you know, they, they still continue to be up and down. They Like, it's literally, they just lost two, and now they won two, and I'm kind of expecting them to, like, lose one, win one in the next game, so let's talk about the Flames a little bit here. So they got a huge victory this week over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, looks better on paper. They win that game 6-3, to three, but there were a couple uh, empty netters in that game. But regardless, they got a big win over Tampa Bay. They've been beating some pretty big teams over the last couple weeks here. I mean, they got that big win over Dallas. Wasn't pretty, but they got it. I mean, wins are wins, but uh, I still, I just, you got to keep an eye on that stuff. And then they had the big game this week, and I didn't even... I didn't even think about that last week. I talked about them uh, having an upcoming game against Columbus, and it didn't even click into my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, Johnny Goudreau. And it it finally happened this week. So Johnny Goudreau returns to Calgary for the first time since the trade, and he got booed to oblivion. Oh, my goodness, dude. They just booed the ever-living shit out of him. I was, I'm a little surprised, but... I think in a way it's kind of like, uh, you know, like they're kind of jabbing them, you know, like, eh, like we're booing you because we love you or I hope I hope that's why like Johnny Goudreau was an excellent Calgary flame, man. I mean, what a what a treat he was to be a flame. Like, yeah, it ended, but that's that's just the way it goes sometimes. And a lot of people are speculating that it's um, uh, Mr. Suter's fault, the coach, why a lot of these guys have left. And I'll, I'll talk about Suter in a little bit after we talk about Johnny, but uh, his reception back in Calgary wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Uh, they did give him a nice uh, kind of a kind of a cheer when they did the video tribute for him. So so that was nice. Uh, and uh, he got I think he got two at least he got a couple points. I think he got two points. He definitely got at least one. They didn't win. I mean the the Jackets didn't win, but the Calgary Flames did. So so that was awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, I that not they had to go to overtime, which oh man, they, I don't feel very good about Calgary Flames going to overtime like ninety eight percent of the time in all their games. But again, man, there's really not much else new to report with the Flames. They continue to just be win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and you and I hate that. I don't like that. But I have been note. I have noticed this that so. I've been saying this for a long time. I think he finally started to listen. And I said, play Vladar more. And I think, like, hey, it's working, man. It's working. Vladar is getting the wins, man. Vladar is getting all the wins. It's um, it's very... It's it's right there in front of your eyes, man. Like, uh, I'll, just, I'll just pull up uh, Vladar here because I've, I've continued to keep this guy on my fantasy squad because I'm waiting for this day for, for him to steal the job. And, and it looks like it might be happening here, so... He's won 
the last out of the last four wins he's won he's been involved in the last four wins markstrom he's lost every game that he's been in so last one two three four five six seven eight games vladar has been in five of them he won four and that the one that he lost that was him going in for markstrom and he had to make that was in relief so uh, and then markstrom he lost the game against Chicago. He was pulled in against Chicago, lost against St. Louis, lost against Nashville, though he played good, lost against Colorado, and then Vladar wins against St. Louis. He was in there for okay, I don't know I don't know what happened with that Dallas game. It looks like I think he was it looks like he was in there. Um then he wasn't in for the two games, then he comes in, gets the win over Tampa Bay, plays not good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, his numbers have not been good. Like Last three game, last three wins, he was an eight seventy nine, an eight seventy five, and an eight eighty. So it's it's very not good. He's definitely pulling off a Martin Jones right now. Like he's playing like crap, but he's getting wins. So right now the Flames need wins as desperate as possible. So if Fladar is getting the wins, for God's sakes, keep playing him. And Markstrom, dude, I don't know what the hell has happened to this guy this year. His confidence, like ever since that that Edmonton series last in in the play, last year playoffs, just absolutely wreck this guy mentally like it's all like a lot of this seems to be in between the years we know what markstrom is he's a very talented goaltender but clearly clearly a loss of confidence and uh yeah he's going to need to figure that one out and i don't know if he's going to be able to but uh, i definitely am cheering for him to to be able to do that and right now vladar is holding it down but Again, with that subpar 900 save percentage, I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to pull off wins like that because, I don't know, the Flames can't score the same way that the Seattle Kraken can score right now. So, yeah, I can't see this uh, leading to a lot of long-term success. So, I don't know, man. I think they should possibly start exploring firing uh, Suter because... Like I think I think it's just run its course now. I think it, that I think that's just what it is. He's one of those kind of coaches, man. Like he did have a pretty long tenure there with with the Kings, but they had some sustained success. So it's really hard to get rid of him at that point. But I think right now, man, the way that it's going, I think that it's run its course. And here's here's an example of why I think he's uh, run his course. So uh, this week uh, they had a rookie come in and play for the flames this this uh this week i don't have his name on the top of my head i had it and i lost it but uh they came out they interviewed sutter after the game they're like well what'd you think about his first game and he just went full-on asshole mode he like didn't even pretend that he knew this kid existed he's like what number was he and then he just proceeds to read off his stat sheet and just sounded in he's like yeah he's got a long way to go and uh yeah man uh, it's just like people think that like it's if he's joking like people are like oh he's just kidding that's what he does and if that's what he does man then yeah i think it's time to move on because it seems like it's just not it's going on like people are just hearing this and they're going like oh like oh my god like seriously dude like you're like apparently that's just what he does like when when there's good news he shits on it when there's bad news he praises it so i i don't really understand that game plan man i don't really see what what benefits that that brings other than a lot more questions towards you, like, are you okay? Is there something wrong? Like, I, I don't know what's going on with Sutter, but honestly, man, like, um, I don't I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna pull that trigger this season. Like, I I it may be too late at this point to to make that. Ch- I have no idea, man. Like, it, it, from what I'm seeing, man, it really does look like it's run its course. I think the 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 
the locker room is kind of like, oh, okay, okay, this this is enough of getting shit on all the time for doing good stuff. Like it can only it can only last for so long with with a lot of people. And yeah, there's probably some guys like I would imagine like Nazem Kadri probably loves the guy, probably absolutely loves him. Maybe Lucic loves him too, but <clears throat> there's probably a lot of guys that aren't fans of him. And the speculation is Johnny Goudreau didn't like him. Kachuk didn't like him. And, uh, you know, maybe he's that kind of coach that drives away the superstar talents. And maybe he's not getting along very well with Huberto. And that's why Huberto is doing so poorly. Maybe he doesn't get along well with with Uyghur. And that's why Uyghur is struggling so badly. Maybe he's not getting along with some of the younger talent on the team, like Dubé. Maybe that's why he's been so inconsistent. Mangiapane does kind of seem like his kind of player, but he's been struggling as well. Every a lot of people have been underperforming this season. So, and when that when that happens, you kind of have to go look at the coach as to you look at this team on paper. You're like, okay, they should not be doing this badly. And um, yeah, man, I I would explore that. I would definitely be uh, I'd be looking at the coach right now. Other than the team, I look at the team and I'm like, uh, yes, they could they could definitely use some goal scoring. That's for sure. They can use another top six forward that could a uh, 30 goal score that'd be fantastic but those aren't like those those that that asset isn't necessarily growing on trees and it's not necessarily free and all that great stuff so yeah man i would love to hear from the calgary flames fans out there what do you go what what is your feeling right now on 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 mr sutter do you want him out of here are you tired of him or do you think he is the he's the like he's the kind of coach that if you can get that team into the playoffs, it's going to be fucking dangerous. You just got to grind through the season with him, and once you get into that playoffs, you're going to be a deadly team. But you got to make the playoffs, and if they, if they don't make the playoffs, then yeah, I think they would probably have to move on from him because that's just kind of how that goes in the NHL. But yeah, that's that's my two cents on that. What do you guys think? All right, so that is it with the Calgary Flames. Nice return there for Johnny Goudreau. Man, I can't believe how much they booed that guy. That was hilarious. Good job, Flames fans. Never leave our team. That's what you get. All right, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, so let's start out with a little bit of bad news. So Mitchell Mar- Mar- Marner, I got. I will just stop calling him Mitchell. Mitch Marner's uh, home point streak has come to an end. Uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, he got the record, so that's cool. So that, there you go. He's in the history books forever and ever. Amen, until someone better comes along, which will be a while so Marner's point streak is done they had three games this week uh Winnipeg Montreal and New York fairly I would say it's a pretty darn good week man uh what happened on Saturday was was expected okay so let's just get into it so they started out with a game against Winnipeg Toronto Maple Leafs win this game four to one so that was a pretty big game on I think a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans calendar for some reason we have developed a rivalry with the Winnipeg Jets which I don't. I don't think anyone really saw coming. If when, when the Jets entered the league, and people are like, oh, "Okay, I could see them getting into it with Calgary, maybe Edmonton, and the Toronto Maple Leafs." It's like, wait, what? With the Leafs? Why the Leafs? What did they do? It's like, oh well, Mark Scheifele once gloated about a win, and apparently, uh, they they uh, they put in the t- most worst referees for those games. They let it always get out of hand and crazy, and and um, 
yeah, man, it's one of the more interesting rivalries, but I love it. I love rivalries. They're just, that's what makes the NHL fucking awesome. And that's what just, oh, it adds so much to games. So like I said, everyone was looking forward to this game and the Leafs kind of just dealt with them. I would, I would have to say, um, Samsonov was in the net for this game. He looked excellent. He's been having a really good run right here. Thankfully, as Matt Murray struggles, we got Samsonov picking up the slack. So that's excellent. Uh, one thing I do notice, and I imagine a lot of people have noticed it, uh, pucks just bounce off of Samsonov, man. They do. He does not have the the best rebound control. He's not able to grab those pucks too often. I find they they're always flying off him. Even when he has like what looks like he's going to have a a money glove save, it bounces off the glove and it goes fucking somewhere else. Now, for the most part. Uh, I don't know if this is a part of his rebound control, but those pucks do tend to always seem to go like, I don't know, like they, they'll bounce off him like he's made out of trampoline or something like they just go flying. It's not like they they don't usually go right out into a into a shooting lane into a really bad, dangerous area. And for the most part, or for, I don't know, 70 percent of the time, the Leafs are been substantially better at clearing the front of the net I mean it's something that I've complained about for years and years and years was their in front of the net defense has been just an atrocity for so many seasons and this year it's 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 you know it's solid it's not it's not I haven't been complaining about it nearly as bad as I have in years past so this is fantastic but I do notice that uh, Samsonov could use uh, a little bit of tweaking on that rebound control. Uh, you don't want you like it's very important. Like not only like not only do you not want big, juicy, scary rebounds. That's bad. But at times you want a goalie to be able to make that clutch stop and stop play when something when when you're getting hemmed in. You want that goalie to make that fucking glove save or glove it down and just stop everything like that. You need that so. I would like Samsonov to like kind of kind of reel that in a little bit and maybe play a little bit more calm in the net. <laughs> this week he was seriously just channeling his inner Dominic Hasek. I swear to God, I thought Dominic Hasek was on the ice this week at some of the some of the saves that he was making. I'm like, wow, I have not seen that since Dominic Hasek. And like goaltenders from back in the day were just swimming and flailing arms was kind of the regular but yeah you, nowadays when you see someone stack the pads it's like a highlight and like a whole event and like oh my god he stacked the pads like that was like the move in the 70s and 60s like that was it that's what you did you just fucking fell over and hope for the best but yeah man that um samsonov this has been a little crazy this week stopping the puck that's all that really matters but yeah there's just some things in his game that you you don't like to see but as long as he's getting wins and he's playing really good right now and he's building up that confidence that's fantastic and speaking of fantastic uh in this winnipeg game man that that second period was absolutely un- unbelievable the leafs uh, really, really become a deadly second period team. I think I've gone through every stage with this team. They were a first period team once. They were a third period team for a while. Now they're the second period team, and I kind of like that. I, I kind of understand what they're doing with it. When like you kind of start the game, like, not slow, but, like, cautious, and then they get their game plan set, and then they seem to execute that game plan in the second period, enough so that they can kind of hold back a little bit in the third period and not go so crazy. So it seems to be working pretty well for them. You don't want to you don't want to wait until the third period and be like, all right, let's go, full guns a-blazing, and that's what they were doing for a while, but that doesn't lead to success, uh, to be behind all the time and get a lot of comeback wins. I mean, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch, won't, won't deny that, but in terms of long-term success, that's not the way to do it. 
So they win that game 4-1, to quite good, good battle. It wasn't as chippy as a game as I wanted to, and um, of course Kyle Connor scored in that game. That guy is money in the bank. He is undercover, one of the biggest Leaf killers out there. Guy always terrorizes the Leafs. He's, I'm pretty sure he's got the most goals against the Leafs for any one singular player right now, something like that. But yeah, dude, Kyle Connor, love that guy, man. Kyle Connor is... I would have to say he's like my most underrated player in the league. No one talks about him. He's just consistent, consistent as all hell. He was literally the one of the leading reasons why like Patrick Laine is gone because Kyle Connor was better than him, and he was just doing everything better than Patrick Laine. They're like, oh, I can't wait till Patrick Laine becomes a forty goal scorer. It's like, well, Kyle Connor's already a forty goal scorer, and and he's good defensively, and he's he's phenomenal. So, yeah, little shout out there to Kyle Connor. Love that guy. And okay, we'll talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Montreal Canadiens this weekend or, or uh, this past Saturday in Montreal. I thought it was in Toronto, but it was in the Bell Center, so that was great. Love, love the atmosphere in the Bell Center. One of my favorites in the leagues. Uh, God, oh my God! So the Habs were missing basically half of their team. Uh, basically, sending out their AHL squad, and of course. Uh, I knew I knew that the Leafs probably weren't going to win this game because that's just what the Habs do. The Habs are their kryptonite. The Habs are a team that I have discovered that the Leafs the Leafs have trouble with those teams that don't go away. Yeah, your your Columbus Blue Jackets, Tortorella style anyway, they don't go away. They didn't go away. The Habs just don't fucking go away no matter what. And the Leafs struggle so much with those teams, man. They struggle so bad against teams that don't go away. And Habs didn't go away in this game, did not go away, and I could see it coming a mile away because the Leafs, they, what, what, scored one, two minutes into the game, got a quick 2 nothing lead, and then I was like, okay, here comes the Habs, they're just going to chip away, they're chip away, and that's exactly what they did, fucking Josh Anderson, oh my god, dude, I hate this fucking guy, every time, every time it's a guaranteed, I don't know what the hell, what is, what is up with this guy, why does he suck so bad? against every other team in the league except the Leafs. When he plays the Leafs, he becomes Eric Lindros, Todd Bertuzzi, fucking Chris Pronger. He becomes every elite player all in one, and he just... Everything that he does, it almost goes in. You're like, are you serious? Like, oh, I'm just going to deep between my legs, fucking backhand. Oh, I hit the post. Like, infuriating. This guy infuriates me when I watch him play against the Leafs. I'm like, oh, my God. And I, I don't know what, like... I don't know how infuriated the Habs fans are with this guy. He makes a shitload of money, and he does... He goes invisible so often. Like, are they paying him for the magic trick of going invisible all the time? Because, man, is he ever going invisible all the time. But not against the Leafs. Not against the Leafs. Of course he scores. That's guaranteed. Like, there's a bet out there for Josh Anderson to score, and it was in any way a underdog bet. Throw every single dollar that you have. It's like Josh Anderson will score every single time against the Leafs. That's what he does. He's paid that money to beat the Leafs. That's just what he's paid for. So, Josh Anderson, yet again, getting it done for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, just continues to haunt my dreams, man. I fucking hate that guy. And again, like I said, Sam Sonoff was playing in this game. He's really starting to starting to look like he's taking over the starting role job, at least for now. Like, I, I'm not going to say that it's his to keep. That's not really how that works anymore in the NHL with goaltending. So the second Sam Sonoff has a couple of bad games, Murray has a couple of good ones, then boom, Matt Murray is now the starter. That's just... It's a revolving door nowadays with with that. But right now, Samsonov is the starting goaltender. He's got the nets, his the loose, and um, he did. He played good in this one as well. He was channeling his inner Dominic Hasek, just 
flailing and, and just being outrageous, like just making me go, what the hell is going on? How did that stay out over and over again? Um, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it. My my wife and I took uh, were watching it. It was her birthday. She's a Habs fan. So she got to wear her nice Habs jersey that I bought her for Christmas. And, uh, yeah, she got to watch her happy thong beat my Toronto Maple Leafs. And I did the whole gimmick at the end, you know, losing my mind. Like, oh, of course the, the, the Leafs lose to the Habs. I mean, it's, you know, it was a good birthday for her. So that's awesome. And then the Leafs finish it out the other night against the New York Islanders. They beat them 5-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, man, Leafs score to uh, tie it and the Islanders coming back. Um, it started out pretty good. Like uh, it was a pretty good game out of the beginning, and then the Leafs just took over. Uh, the, especially that third period, it was just it was just no chance. It was over. But at the beginning there, I mean, the the Islanders were in there. Islanders right now. I mean, the last time I talked about them, they were doing very well. It looks like I think I pegged them to make the playoffs in the second half. I, th- I think I did. But um, yeah, they've kind of fallen off of a cliff since then. Which again, I, my apologies. I guess I jinxed them. That's that's my bad. But, uh, yeah, man, they are struggling mightily to score. Kind of the same story as last year, except now they don't have Barry Trotz. So, looks like that firing was maybe a waste because they kind of just seem to be the exact same team that they were last year. Just a team that is very good defensively and can't score a fucking goal to save their lives. But that that is what it is. So, uh, yeah, Leafs, Leafs take them down. Samsonov had a really good game, and uh, William Nylander had a really, really good game, a really good second period. He got four points in the second period alone, two goals, two assists, and Jesus Christ, man, William Nylander is becoming like the MVP of this team right now. He has been unbelievable, and the big story in that game was uh, the the reuniting of uh, Willie Nylander and John Tavares and Matthews and Marner. Looked like it was fucking magic made for for Tavares and Willie getting back together. They they were absolutely unbelievable out there uh, against the Islanders. Johnny was all over the map, man. He was flying around. He had some points. He was looking great. Loves he loves taking down the Islanders. And um, yeah, dude, Willie looked absolutely just wow, unbelievable. What a what a game for Willie Nylander, making everything look easy. Beautiful goals from him. Matthews and Marner. I don't know. Didn't look. Didn't look like a, a, a job. No, it's just one game. I'm going to give them a little time to get it together. But, hey, man, it's uh, looking good so far. Like, I, I, you can't really split them up again after a game like that. So I would let Willie and, and Johnny T play together again for the next game because that was fantastic. What a performance from Willie. Um, the only th- the only negative that I, I, I took from this game was, uh, I just mentioned it, but um, the Islanders... Uh, came back uh, when the Leafs scored. The Islanders came right back and scored on them. And that's it's not just against the Islanders. This is something that has happened uh, quite a few times with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um, they got to watch that, man. And, and my eyes are always glued to the TV after the Leafs score because I always know there's a very good chance that they're going to get scored on right back because that that happens. I It happens a lot. I would say like 30 40% of the time this happens, Leafs score and then I don't know. They get too excited. They're they're not focused. They lose focus for just a second. The teams come straight back and like for the most part, when a team gets scored on and they're only down by one, they want to get that right back as soon as possible. And against the Leafs, that's probably one of your better opportunities to try and get a goal back is when they score because it seems they lose focus because man, this happens a lot. So any Leaf fans out there listening, do you notice that as well? Do you notice that the Leafs? 
tend to get scored on quite a bit after they score a goal. And, and oh, man, what a way to let the air out of the balloon, right? Like, you get a goal, you're celebrating, and then within a minute, it's fucking tied again, or they get another goal, make it close. You're like, oh, can't I just enjoy it for just a second? They haven't even finished announcing the assists, and we already got the freaking tied game back up, but... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Willie takes over in the second period, and it's fucking over. What a game for him, and what a season for William Nylander. Really looking like a career year for him, and oh, I hope he can continue to be a Leaf. I would love that, but I don't care. I'm just going to take this season. I'm going to. I'm just going to enjoy it, and I'm not going to worry about the future. But we will worry about the future for the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of what games they have upcoming. I think we have that uh, stupid All-Star game thing coming up pretty soon, so we'll have to... We'll have to deal with that. Okay, where are we here? So we got the Rangers tonight. That'll be, ooh, that will be a good one. That will be a good one indeed. Oh, okay, this is the, yeah, this is the weird week where we don't have a game on Saturday. So Wednesday, you got the Rangers. That'll be fun. Friday is the Ottawa Senators. And then Sunday at 5 p.m., everybody, 5 p.m., Sunday, Washington Capitals. So there you go. That is uh, the three upcoming games. And then, oh my God, and they're playing the Bruins. Bruins on Wednesday. Oh, fuck yeah. I got Wednesday off, so that's that's going to be a big day for me. And then that's, the, that's their last game before the All-Star break. Wicked. Wicked. All right. So that's a pretty fun week, man. That's a pretty fun week. That's a lot of fun teams. I mean... I mean, Ottawa stinks, but it's still the Battle of Ontario, so that's still going to be fun. Rangers are buzzing right now. Washington's got Ovechkin, and then the Bruins are the fucking Bruins, right? And, um, yeah, we I would really like us to get revenge on that last game, so that would be wicked. Let's check out the... Uh, I'll check out the Flames and see what they got coming. I know they got a back-to-back. I think it's Chicago and, um, and the Kraken. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, okay, so you got fucking Chicago tomorrow. I swear to God, if you lose that game, I'm going to fucking fly to Calgary and I'm going to beat the shit out of all of you. Friday, then they got the back-to-back against Seattle. If you beat Chicago, I will allow you to lose to Seattle. That I will not be upset, okay? Promise? There you go. So that's their only two games until the All-Star break, and then... Yeah, then we have the All-Star break. I don't think anyone gives a fuck about the All-Star break. We all know that it's all rigged and it's all bullshit. That fan vote was a joke. That, that not a single, like, it was all all rigged. It doesn't matter. So I didn't waste my time with uh, voting. I'm not going to waste my time watching the All-Star game because it's a waste of time. I'm going to do uh, other better things with my time. So don't expect me to be talking about uh, the All-Star game all that much, especially in detail. I'm not going to watch the game. Probably not going to do the skills competition because... I mean, it's just it's just not that entertaining anymore. Honestly, they're they're just not very good. I heard that the 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 jerseys were uh, quite well received. I I personally haven't looked at them myself. Um, my cat wants to come in here for some reason. What do you want? Hello, hello. What are you doing? Say hello. Say hello to the people. All right. Well, there you go. I hope you guys can hear that. <laughs> He's he must be hungry. So uh, there you go. I think that's that's the show. We will I will save the uh, the grading for next week once uh, once the weeks are a little bit more calm. We're already at an hour, so I don't want to go on for another like 20, 25 minutes here. So thank you everybody for watching or sorry listening to the podcast. You guys have been fantastic. If you're following along, you've been following along with a long time. Thank you very very much. You guys are awesome. It is the hump day. It is Wednesday, but you guys will make it through. We're so close to the weekend, everybody. We're so freaking close, and it's starting to get cold, so 
I think we've been blessed so far with a pretty mild winter up until this point, but now it's starting to get nippy. So uh, that sucks. So stay warm, stay safe, be good, keep your nose clean and all that great stuff. And as always, uh, we'll, we'll throw out some shameless plugs before I, I do that. So you can go over and check out my new, my YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos. We are I'm still playing Until Dawn over there. I've uh, completed that game now. I have... Uh, it's all recorded, ready to go, and I'll be moving on to my next game at some point. So you can go over there, subscribe to the YouTube channel, keep up with that. Uh, uploads every other day, and then you get two uploads on Saturday, so five videos a week. So it's pretty, pretty a good roll of content coming out over there on the on the YouTube channel. You can go back and check out this week's. Uh, gamer or uh, GX GamerCast. This week I took a look at Pikmin 3 and did a review of that game. And honestly, I think I should have scored that game a little bit higher. So you can go over there and check out my review on that one. I'm still playing it and. Yeah, maybe I might have pulled my review trigger on that game a little early, and um, yeah, I might have to talk about it a little bit more on next week's GX GamerCast on Monday, and then of course, as always, on Saturday, I will have the Wrestling Recap Show, and this week is a big one, man. We got the Royal Rumble this Saturday, one of the big four pay-per-views, one of my personal favorites uh, of the year is the Royal Rumble, so I'll be having a separate review out for that. Probably, I don't know what day that's going to come out, Sunday, Monday, it'll come out as soon as I can watch it and record a podcast on it, so yeah, it's going to be a busy week for me, and uh, there you go, enjoy your week everybody, and uh, watch the game this this uh, tonight, Go Leafs Go as always, and I will be back again soon. <laughs>